everyone. Welcome to the Maroon Weekly. Uh, welcome back to the first week of winter quarter. My name is Beza. Uh, I'm your host today. I have with me my co-hosts, Ruth, Isaac, and Ron. Okay, so today's first uh, story is going to be, Ruth, you have something about uh, the new provost? Yeah, that's right. So in an email announcement from University President Robert Zimmer, uh, it was revealed that Provost Daniel Jeremiah would be stepping down from his position to become Chancellor of Vanderbilt University. In his place, Vice Provost of Research and Professor of Chemistry Ka Ying Lee will take on the role of University Provost in February, with Jeremiah acting as Senior Advisor to the President until June 30th. Lee will be the first woman to serve as Provost in the University's history. She has been a professor in the Department of Chemistry since 1998, and her research has focused on membrane biophysics. She has been Vice Provost for Research since 2018. As Provost, her responsibilities will include overseeing the University's academics and investments. President Zimmer, in his announcement, offered praise for Lee's work as Vice Provost, stating that Kai brings to her position as Provost deep and broad experience at the University, the ability to bring people of varied disciplines and perspectives together, and a clear understanding of the university's values of academic excellence and rigorous open inquiry. Yi echoed this sentiment during an interview with UChicago News in which she expressed, I am excited to work with colleagues across disciplines to push the frontiers of knowledge and to ensure that students receive a transformative University of Chicago education. Thank you, Ruth. So Ram, you've got a story about a law student at UChicago right now, right? Yeah, so Sarah Gadd, a third year at the University of Chicago Law School, is challenging 27-year incumbent Bobby Rush for the congressional seat in the 1st District of Illinois. Gadd is running on a position of criminal justice reform, where she's drawing on her experiences as an incarcerated individual. She says, I would not be contesting a 27-year incumbent if there wasn't a need for it. The community has asked me to because I understand the issues that are affecting our district from both sides of the aisle. I have personal experience with every issue that I'm advocating for. Gad has criticized Rush for missing votes in Congress and for supporting the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act of 1994, which he says harmed communities in the 1st District. So you mentioned Gad's incarceration. How did this happen? So before starting law school, Gad was involved in a car accident and was prescribed opioids. This led to an addiction that caused her to illegally write prescriptions for herself, ultimately ending in her being jailed in Cook County. Gat says that experiencing sexual assault and discrimination while in jail and being treated like a second-class citizen once she got out caused her to want to institute criminal justice reforms. In addition to criminal justice reform, what other proposals does Gat have? So GAD wants to institute Pell Grants into state and federal prisons so that inmates can receive an education while they serve their time. Furthermore, she wants to deal with the opioid crisis by promoting the development of medical solutions that target addiction. She also advocates increasing teacher pay and affordable housing, along with measures to reduce gun violence and to tackle climate change. Notably, while Gad is a supporter of public universal health care, she does not think Medicare for all is the right way to go about promoting health care. Rather, she believes that the key in doing this is preventative medicine. Student library workers voted to unionize under the Student Library Employees Union, SLEU, in June of 2017. 
but the university challenged their vote, setting into motion an 18-month legal battle before the National Labor Relations Board and NLRB affirmed student workers' right to unionize. So the university doesn't think that student workers possess collective bargaining rights um, and is asking the NLRB to consider that their student status implies that they are temporary, which was the main evidence brought by the university to the college. So what have been the new developments concerning this disagreement between SLEU and the university? So recently, the university took this case to the Seventh Circuit by the university to, um, to appeal to NLRB's decision to deny the university a hearing. And this hearing was initially intended for the university to argue that student library workers did not possess collective bargaining rights. So the NLRB uh, oversees collective bargaining disputes. However, disputes over the NLRB's oversight may be taken to federal courts for ju judicial review. The university attempted to initiate a hearing on the status of student workers, but the NLRB refused a hearing after they determined that the university did not present sufficient evidence to substantively defend their position in a hearing on the status of student workers. The university chose to appeal the NLRB's determination, pushing the case to judicial review in the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. Why did the university decide to go to court? So the university, uh, the university only decided to go to court uh, to, only decided to take their case under judicial review uh, when the NLRB sought to take legal action against the university for failing to follow current law, which recognizes student workers as possessing collective bargaining rights. And uh, the university also tried to present the NLRB an evidence that they believe would overturn current board law, as established in a 2016 case with the Columbia University. What was this case? So this case with Columbia University ruled that finite tenure alone cannot be a basis on which to deny bargaining rights and allowed short-term student employees to form collective uh, bargaining units. However, the university's evidence only repeated a case previously ruled upon the board, uh, ruled upon. The NLRB denied the university's request for a hearing due to a lack, to a lack of new evidence to consider countering an existing um, law. So according to the Seventh Circuit, the fatal flaw in the university's argument is that under prevailing board law, short-term student employees may collectively bargain, and the university doesn't have uh, sufficient evidence to overturn uh, that uh, law. Uh, so when asked whether the university would seek to appeal the Columbia University ruling, university spokesman Gerald Suyun said by email, the university is currently re reviewing the court's decision in order to determine next steps. Um, so what the university is basically hoping for um, is that, well, we know that since the 1970s, the NLRB has split positions several times between recognizing or not recognizing student workers as possessing collective bargaining rights. Um, the change in the board's position, um, according to like administration, is always precarious. Uh, so the current board holds three Trump, uh, Trump appointed members, giving the university strong grounds to pursue an appeal of the Columbia case in front of the board if they secure enough original evidence to convince the board that a resulting hearing will be substantive. Um, so yeah, basically what the university is hoping for is that um, they'll have enough people on the board to overturn uh, the law that was established by the Columbia case. Just to end, I have a couple university-related stories. On the evening of January 7th, a fire on 55th and Blackstone broke out and Chicago Chicago Fire Department spokesperson Larry Langford confirmed the blaze and said it was a box alarm fire, meaning that more than the usual amount of resources were dispatched to combat the blaze. The house owners left the scene, but a family friend told the Maroon that nobody, fortunately, was hurt. 
The house did sustain significant damage, and one wall was completely missing. However, it is not clear what sparked the blaze, but it has been confirmed by Langford that it, it appeared to start in the rear of the building. And of course, fortunately, no one was hurt, and as far as we know, it was contained as best as possible. And finally, there is a new acai bowl restaurant opening up near the Booth School of Business. You Chicago students can expect a more healthy eating option as Roland and Bolin, an acai bowl chain and smoothie shop founded in 2016 by students at Texas Christian University, will be opening an Everett Kovler Cafe in the Booth School of Business. The menu features superfood bowls such as the Super Monkey, which combines acai with berries, banana, pineapple, and coconut water, and many more options. Bowl prices start at $6.50 for the smallest size and $10.95 for the regular. Additionally, many of the flavors on the menu are available as smoothie form, with prices ranging from $6.50 to $8. The cafe is open to the public in room 112 of Harper Center on 58th and Woodlawn, but it does not accept maroon dollars. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you everyone. Um, this is it for the, our first week of the Winter Quarter. Uh, here with you today was... Isaac. Rom. Ruth. And I was Deva. Have a nice week.